Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast with your with your podcast host, Alec Jesse. Um, back. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you all had a good New Year's Eve and whatnot. I think last time we recorded was, I think, a couple days after. I think it was a week ago um, to the day. So we had a big weekend of college hoops, a big uh, New Year weekend per se. December 29th, December 30th, a lot of big games uh, going on. And uh, conference play is now officially open. Uh, not everyone has started conference play. Not everyone is well, in it. But most teams um, most teams are um, will start conference play. Uh, will start conference play by the end of the week. So we will get into all of that. I um, think that's about it. We have use, uh, more Pac-12 news out of... Uh, out of UCLA to talk about, and uh, so it, it it should be a, an action or a you know a packed podcast, and I uh, am ready to get right into it. So yeah, I think I remember because the last time I recorded, I remember there being only one Division One game. It was Creighton and uh, University of Missouri Kansas City. Uh, quite quite a matchup. Um, uh, Friday. Uh, so more teams got back into action. Some more ranked teams got back into action. Kind of their final uh, tune-ups per se before um, before conference play. Gonzaga played North Alabama. Virginia Tech played Maryland Eastern. Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, quite a matchup there. And then Texas Tech played UT Rio Grande Valley. Marquette played Southern. NC State played Loyola. All ranked teams playing on Friday. On Friday, um, the the results were all quite similar. Uh, Forty fifty point blowouts um, as they transitioned into conference play. So not not a whole lot to talk about with that. I mean Gonzaga got getting back on track. I think they now have back to back wins. Um, when they get healthier, I, that's a team that I, I really think is going to. Be able to make a run. They just need to get healthier, and I think they just needed somewhat of a break after traveling, you know, to Maui and and Phoenix, and then Carolina, you know, at Chapel Hill. They're going all over the country, and not to mention, I mean, even just flying back to the to Spokane, Washington. So I mean, those are long flights all around, um, and I think that the as conference play rolls around, they get healthier. They're gonna, I think they'll find that the tests that they faced in the non-conference, which are I mean, they own the best win of any team uh, thus far this season with the win over Duke. Um, they're going to be just fine. So, uh, moving on. So, Saturday was the big games. Um, Duke still has not played since the Texas Tech game. They will not play till I think I talked about this, but they will not play till Clemson. Till they play Clemson uh, Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, January 5th. So, not much to talk about with Duke. They're, st- they're ranked number one now. Um, but they uh, they're they're on a long little uh, hiatus from games, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out uh, at home against Clemson. I, I was I was watching uh, Nevada last night, which I'll, I'll get into that too. Uh, but on the broadcast, they were saying that it was like twenty four, twenty five years to the day or something like that that uh, the 
the Tigers upset Duke at Cameron Indoor. So they have So the Tigers have not won there in in uh, over twenty twenty five years. So that'll be interesting to see if they can come in and beat not just not just any old Duke team. Uh, one one of the better Duke teams since I've been following uh, the the sport. So so Saturday rolls around, and the biggest game of the day was Kentucky Louisville at. Um, yeah, I think it was it was, a, it was an afternoon game, so I got to I listened to a half of it and I got to watch the second half, and I went and rewatched uh, the first half. Um, so I, I picked against Kentucky the last two games, and I've obviously been wrong. The fan side of me is very happy about that, but um, you know I was the podcast after or after the Greensboro game. I thought that was like their take takeoff game. And um, I, I really did. I thought this was that was the game that was like they're okay. Now we figured out how we're doing. We have Ash, you know, Ash and Haynes is our point guard. He's our lockdown defensive specialist. Uh, Tyler Hero got going in the second half of that game. Um, they made winning plays down the stretch because I mean it was, I mean Greensboro was up by five I think with ten minutes to go in the game, and then Kentucky just locked them down from that point. So I thought that that was like the springboard game, and then you get Seton Hall, a team that. A team that, yeah, it's the first high major team they've played since Duke, but they're not very good this year. So they'll they'll trounce them in the garden with a pretty, a pretty good Kentucky showing, and then they'll kind of go from there. Um, and I was wrong. I mean, they, they did make strides in the Greensboro game, no doubt. I think they, they kind of found an identity uh, somewhat. But I think the springboard happened after Quad A Green transferred. It was the Utah game is what it ended up being. Uh, because even though they figured out some things about themselves with Greensboro, the identity still wasn't there. The roles weren't defined. Um, they still had some issue. They still had some issues of uh, you know, of execution uh, down the stretch that um, that you thought that maybe were, were gone. I thought Greensboro was better than Seton Hall. Now Seton Hall, and again, I'll will talk about them too because they have, they've had a couple uh, nice wins. I mean, they have <laughs> before the season. I mean, just. The, just the fact they lost four starters, you were like, this team's not going to be very good. I mean, Desi, Rodriguez, Angel Delgado, th- those are the, some of the best players Seton Hall's had in a while, and they're gone. And so you're like, well, they're going to take a major step back. And it kind of showed early. I mean, Nebraska beat them by 20-plus, and they lost to St. Louis. Um, and you're like, yeah. And, and then, you know, Louisville – comes in there and beats them. And you're like, I don't know about this Seton Hall team. But they've ended up being terrific. That ended up being um, a much tougher game for Kentucky than I would have imagined. So, you know, they come in and they, I think three things, Kentucky still was trying to find themselves. And they, I still think that they grew in that game. It's hard to see at the moment. But I think, you know, the three things that really held him back were missing open shots in the first half, Miles Powell, that little five-minute spurt he had in the, uh, um, that he had to close out the game that, you know, about beat Kentucky and forced overtime at the least. Um, those two things, and then just combined with the lack of execution uh, at the end of games. And the execution was on both ends of the ball. Both both sides of the court. I might I might say the same football. Um, it was both offensive defensive. Um, 
after Hagen's missed or made one or two free throws to put Kentucky up by two, Cal should have called timeout because uh, the defense – because Seton Hall went down. And they, they there was about five different guys that could have shot a three-point, an open, a wide-open three-pointer, uh, bad closeouts. Um, you, you had half – you had two guys – playing defense as to give up a two, and then you had the other three playing defense as to to not give up a two. So it was like, I think it was maybe quickly and probably Hagen's out on the floor were kind of like giving up lanes for them to drive because it was only a two-point game. If you're Kentucky, you'll live with a tie at least, go to another overtime, and then you'd probably get the ball back. I mean, if you don't score, if you give up a two with time left, you could have an opportunity to win, if not overtime again. Um, and the longer the game dragged on, Kentucky probably had an advantage. But um, anyway, um, but then you had guys helping. <laughs> you, you had I think PJ and and Nick Richards and uh, I'm trying to think who else was on the floor. Probably Kelton. You had them got you had them helping off shooters, and then so they're getting wide open looks. And of course, I mean Miles Kale, who who that of all the people that was going to hit a three uh, to, to win that game, you thought it would be Powell. It was Kale who had been struggling all day, but he got a wide open look, got his feet set, and easily hit the hit the shot. And and then the offensive execution at the other end, uh, Hagens is doesn't know what he's doing. He's kind of jogging up the floor, and and they get a bad shot, and they lose the game. So just those three things kind of held them back, even though they did improve. There was improvement, um, but it was hard to see in the moment. Utah was the takeoff game. That ended up being the game that springboarded Kentucky. Now all of a sudden, okay, now now we're shooting threes better. Now now we're getting better looks. We're defending better. The last three opponents to play or uh, since I guess yeah since the uh, Tennessee State game or yeah I think since the Tennessee State game, I don't think a team has hit seventy on Kentucky yet. Um, they they've defended the three really really well uh, since the Tennessee State game. Um, and if you're Kentucky, that's very good news. Um, it's looking like that that three-point defense might have been better, e- even when they were struggling against Winthrop, against VMI, and even Duke, and some other games. It, it looks like that you know between Miles Powell and, and Bubba Farham going off, you, you take those performances away, and Kentucky is middle of the pack, you know, at worst. So they've been defending, they've been playing better defense. And they just picked up their their uh, marquee victories uh, in the non-conference. I mean, th- these two victories are ones. You know, Kentucky may not get a one seed regardless, but if they wanted to, get, if they want to get a one seed, th- they had to win these two games. It, it was no no questions asked. Carolina, top ten team on a neutral court. That's a big. That's a big time resume booster. And then you get Louisville, a team that had beat Michigan State on um, at the Young Center. A team that is shaping up to be a bubble team, uh, you got to win that game, and you know, like it, that loss probably, like it probably would have hurt Kentucky more had they lost that game than the good it'll do that they win because I, Louisville at this point, we'll talk about them. I'll talk about them too. I still am up in the air whether they're a tournament team, but you you had to win this game, and they didn't win by two. They didn't win on a buzzer beater. They won convincingly. You know. I, I was not buying Kentucky's consistency just yet, and I thought it was very, very close as far as it being uh, – at this point, I thought the teams were fairly close, so I took the home team by a couple, and Kentucky was the better team throughout the entire game. It wasn't really close. I mean, Kentucky took punches. They were up. It was 
the Carolina game and the Louisville game are very similar, except Kentucky and Carolina game was better offensively. They they, uh, they moved the ball better. But in this game against Louisville, they didn't turn the ball over as much. They cut the turnovers in half, one from 18 against Carolina to nine against Louisville. That has to be a season low in turnovers. So, you know, I, they probably played a better overall game against Carolina because, I mean, they're a better offensive team. They're a better team overall. You had to play really well, and they're a top 10 team. You had to play really well. But, I mean, some real pauses like P.J. Washington finding ways to impact the game outside of just scoring. Uh, he gets eight rebounds, three assists, and four blocks. Just five points, but, I mean, it doesn't really when, – when you hit uh, – or when, you're, when you get four blocks, eight rebounds, I mean, one of the, the things coming into the season we were a little nervous about or Big Blue Nation was a little worried about was the rim protection. And you get four blocks out of your – out of your four, or out of your uh, out of your four man, and Reed Travis pro- played probably his worst game of the season, and he still ended up with nine points, four rebounds, and a couple blocks. Um, you know, and Keldon Johnson didn't really shoot the ball all that well. One for five from three. He had been scorching earlier. Obviously, that had been well well known. Still, fifteen point seven rebounds. And uh, Tyler Hero both played really good defense. Had a couple steals and had and he, he had his breakout game. Uh, with 24 points on 10 of 13 shooting. I mean, Kentucky in the second half couldn't hit a three. I mean, they were getting, I mean, quickly, Baker, I think he, you know, both Reed and Reed Travis and P.J. Washington, I mean, they were getting open looks. And EJ, even E.J. Montgomery took one that was wide open. None of them could, could hit him, but Tyler Hero hit a couple big threes. Uh, in that second half to extend the lead and kind of put the game away. And then how about Ashton Hagens? Um, I mean, back-to-back weeks where he is the story pretty much. Um, now, I mean, you know, he had his three steals. He was all over He was all over the court. Christian Cunningham, who I think was the second leading scorer for Louisville, um, but at one point he had 10 points in the game, early second half. And... And all those 10 points, because he's the point guard, all those 10 points came with Ashton Hagens off the court because I think he had a little foul trouble early on. Uh, quickly, couldn't really stay in front of him. But Ashton Hagens, I mean, just doing it again on defense and then offensively had a couple clutch layups, uh, tough uh, finishes towards the end of the game to kind of put it away. And then he got that uh, game, he got the steal uh, at the end after the the Kelton Johnson ex- exclamation point uh, dunk. So, terrific game from Kentucky. You're seeing them continually get better and better. They're playing more as a team. Um, it, it's not perfect yet. Um, they, you know, this game, they, they, still, um, they still need to shoot better. I, I think so. Uh, they were only 6 of 20 for this game. It was okay because Louisville shot 36% from the floor, and they were 5 from 20. Five for twenty from three, so it's they didn't really need the three pointers. But I mean, you're gonna get in conference play, and you're gonna get on the road against these teams. That in the SEC, I mean, Auburn, for example. I mean, they're gonna be jacking up threes. Kentucky doesn't necessarily have to match them because they're so much better inside than not just about every team they'll play. But they're gonna have to be able to hit some some open shots because other teams are gonna try to pack the paint. But the steals, I mean. Uh, you're seeing you know, Kentucky's ability to turn the ball over. That's a big. That, that's encouraging. And I think I don't know. I think after the Utah game, like it was like Calipari's 
like the 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 least amount of blocks a Calipari team has had up to some certain point in the season. So they weren't really getting a ton of like rim protection or or the, at least the stats to back it up. In, in back-to-back game they they've been better about that. They had they had eight blocks. Eight blocks um against Louisville. So um they they're absolutely continuing to get better. Um I'm still I mean the, I I would st- I hesitate to. I don't want to get over the top, or I don't want to get. I don't want to, you know, lose perspective here. Um, there's still ways to go. They still have place to improve. But this is a team. If you're if you're a Kentucky fan, you can get excited for. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, beating Louisville on the road. I mean, I think Calipari was. I think coming into this game, maybe three and six in his first true home game or true road game, excuse me. Three something like that. Not good. I mean that's not that's not a good record. I know last year, um I believe last year they actually won their first true road game at LSU. And I know the thirty eight and one team obviously did. Um but even Anthony Davis team, they lost at Indiana. Um the Malik Monk team lost at Louisville. So for them to pick up their first win on the road and do it in convincing fashion. I mean, a hostile environment. Um, I mean, that, that's that's a, that's important. I mean, you you have to have that if you're the if you're Kentucky because you got nine more of these, and uh, three of them are against Mississippi State, Tennessee, and and Auburn. I'd say all of those are top fifteen teams. So you're gonna have to know how to play on the road. Um, they got Alabama coming up next. Um, I mean, if if I'm forced to pick, I would pick Kentucky. But Alabama can beat them. I mean, they're they're most of these games. I mean, they're very very. I mean, you're, there's nothing certain. Um, but Kentucky kind of eases into the SEC schedule. You know, Alabama, who's been somewhat of a disappointment early on this season. A uh, and M, they're they're probably the. It's between them or Georgia for being the worst team in the conference. Uh, Vanderbilt at home, you know, Vandy's had, I think without, they've been about as good as they possibly can be without Darius Garland, uh, um, with, with him out. So that's, um, you know, so, so it still could be a challenge, but it is a home game. So you, you're not having to go there first weekend of the season, whatever. And remember, I mean, Vandy, it just always seems like Vanderbilt gives Kentucky hell. Every single year, think of the the two games last year went down to the wire. The game at Rupp, I mean, there's no way Kentucky should have won that game. Uh, the, the year before that, I mean, both at Vandy and then the home uh, the home game again. I mean, Vanderbilt was up by 13 in the second half, and, and a Malik Monk kind of monster half enabled Kentucky to come out on top. I mean, Vanderbilt and even the 38 one team, uh, they only played Vandy once at home that year, and they won that game by I think like six or eight. So Vanderbilt always gives Kentucky kind of trouble, regardless of where the game's played. So it's that's definitely the toughest of the four, but um, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. And then they go to Georgia, like I said. They're, they're pretty bad. Uh, they lost to Georgia State, I think, earlier in the year by 20 or 30. And then, But then it, <laughs> the first four easy, not easy, but the four, first four are very winnable. Kentucky is, is, you know, has a solid chance and probably should go undefeated in those first four. Uh, if they play like they have the last two games, they will. Um, and then they go to Auburn, host Mississippi State, host Kansas, and go to Vanderbilt. I mean, the next four after that, 
then it's boom. I mean, then it's it's uh, th- those are some tough challenges against some really good teams. But uh, if you're Kentucky, you gotta love the way you closed out. Uh, the kind of, I guess the you're not closing out non-conference play. You still got one more. But before you know, heading into SEC play, the way you closed out your non-conference before that, you have to be happy with it. Um, there's still room to grow. You know, you can make an argument they should be 11 and one or undefeated. I mean, you could very well argue they could be undefeated um, with the expectations coming in. But you have to take what you get. And uh, that loss to Seton Hall isn't looking so bad anymore. Um, I, I at first thought that that was a terrible loss. I, I thought that that was going to really hurt them. And now, I mean, it's not if, – if you're – I mean, if you're a one seed, you don't want to have losses like that if, if, you're, if you're trying to get one. But that, Seton Hall, if, if should they win on Saturday, I forget who they play. I think it's a home game. It should be. Um or actually, oh, who did it? They might go to DePaul. That might be it. But if they win that game, they're probably going to be ranked. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be a ranked team at this time next week should they win on Saturday. So, you know, and it was a, it, it was a neutral court game, one home game. So there's worse losses out there. I mean, Villanova, lose, and they're not going to get a one seed. But think about it. They're, they were a top 10 team coming in, lose to Furman. Um so I, we'll we'll see. I mean, it it should be, uh, it'll be interesting. But the SEC will the those the the top four teams in the SEC, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, no order there. Just those are the top four. I mean, there those there's a clear drop off after those four teams. Yeah, if I had to rank them right now, I'd probably put Tennessee one, Kentucky two, Auburn three, Mississippi State four. That's probably as right now I'd rank them. Um, as far as who you know. And I think it's a toss-up. I think any of those four has a, has a good chance to win it. I mean, Kentucky's probably got the toughest schedule of the four because they have to play all those teams twice, all the other three twice. I don't think the other the other three have to play the other. I don't think like Tennessee. I don't think that they have to play all those three twice. They play Kentucky twice. I don't know. If the, I think they only play Mississippi State and Auburn once. Same with same with Mississippi State and Auburn. I don't think they have to play. Uh, they they play Kentucky twice, but I don't know if they have to play. The, the uh, other two teams twice as well. So um, it, that will make it hard for Kentucky, but it's going to make them battle test if they're able and if they're able to sneak one of those games, then that gives them a big time upper hand. Um, yeah, I think that the first Tennessee game is is in February, I believe. it's in it's in mid-February. So that's going to be an absolute war. All right, enough for the SEC. Let us talk about, you know, let's talk about Nevada. Because that's pretty fresh on my mind. So they won at Utah, closing out their non-conference slate undefeated. And what is really impressive about what Nevada's doing is that they already have seven wins away from home. Seven. I mean, it's January 3rd, and this team is seven. Now, no, they're not playing at Duke, at Carolina, uh, you know, at Kentucky, at Kansas. and They're not playing like a total gauntlet or at Gonzaga, stuff like that. But that's still really impressive that they are willing to go, that Eric Musselman is willing to take his team outside of Reno uh, to play these teams. I mean, they went to Loyola, Chicago, a team they lost to last year, and they beat them thoroughly on, on the road. You know, they went to USC and, and beat them. USC and very good, but they still, that, I mean, road games are tough. And, and it's not just, they're, and they're not just playing these games on neutral courts. I mean, some of them have been, but not all of them. They're going on the road. Uh, they they went to 
they went to Utah. They went to USC. You know, they played Arizona State. That's kind of their marquee win at this point. And they played them in the Staples Center. I believe they did the same with Grand Canyon. They actually might have gone to Grand Canyon. Um, I think they did. Let me see. Yeah, it was in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where Grand Canyon is. That, that was a road game. I mean, that's another road game. Um, I, I think right now it's it's. I think they played that game in where the Phoenix Suns play. But Grand Canyon, I mean, that's uh, Phoenix is quite a bit closer to Grand Canyon than it is uh, Nevada. It's essentially a road game. Um, so you know. Props to them, and, and, and they're undefeated. They're fourteen and zero, uh, and so, and they beat you know Utah. Kind of it was back and forth, back and forth, and Nevada ended up pulling away uh, last night. Uh, they played Utah State. Kind of kind of got a slow start, but then they they crushed them. I mean they they absolutely crushed them in the end, winning that game seventy two forty nine. What strikes me about them, where I know is number one Jordan Caroline. That dude is really good. He is really good, can play. I mean, he's kind of a tweener 3-4, which is kind of almost their entire team, but it works. I mean, and he can play inside, he can play outside. Uh, he's a tough guard. He can shoot it. He can get to the free throw line. He about absolutely dunk. I mean, he he about posterized some dude on Utah State like bad. And Utah State coming in was 10-3. and I think they were, you know, the consensus is that Utah State's the second best team in the Mountain West. In Nevada, I mean, they they'll probably have to go there. But for the home game, goodness gracious, they paced them. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really close. Uh, they, they held a solid ten point lead throughout the entire second half, and they obviously expanded it to twenty plus. Um, and they're really not getting a whole lot out of out of Jordan Brown yet. Now he's going to be there probably for a couple years, um, two or three years. But they're not really even getting anything out of him. But, man, the, the Martin twins, uh, both are terrific. Very smooth offensively. Like I said, Jordan Caroline, terrific. They shoot the ball. You know, that was one of their major concerns was shooting the ball. Um, and they're, they're still not great. But they got guys that can make it. Jazz Johnson hit a couple last night. Treshawn Thurman is, is capable of hitting him. And like I said, Jordan Caroline is a really good shooter. Last night they shot it so poorly because the Martin twins really didn't shoot the ball well from the floor. But uh, is this? Is this probably Caleb? Caleb's the better of the two. Oh no, it's Cody Martin. Yeah, Cody Martin. Um, in thirty-seven minutes, he had fourteen points, four steals, six assists, and seven rebounds. I mean, just all over the court. I mean, it's kind of that point forward mold. It's incredible how how good those two have been. Uh, in Reno, but I, I was impressed. They absolutely can can play with the big boys. Um, I don't think they'll win the national title. I mean, if they did, then there then there you go. Uh, take that clip, put on freezing cold takes. I said it. I, I don't think they'll win, but could they win? Absolutely. Uh, they are they uh they they are very much good enough to go to a Final Four. Uh, you know they they have the they have the talent. They have the experience. And, I mean, Jordan Caroline is 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 he's terrific, man. He, I I was really impressed watching that game last night uh, with Jordan Caroline. I I I think Nevada. I think there was a really good chance they go into the tournament undefeated, uh, like Wichita State and <coughs> like Kentucky of uh, four years ago. I mean, at New Mexico's tough. At Boise State, that'll be kind of a tough game. Uh, at UNLV. I mean, 
the road games are going to be tough because it's they got to go to Utah State. They got to go to San Diego State. San Diego State isn't very good, but I mean, these road games are just tough. But they are more than capable of winning on the road. They've already done it against Pac-12 teams. I mean, if they were in the Pac-12, they'd be they'd be easily the pick to win the Pac-12 this year. I mean, they'd be by far better than any of those teams. And the talent, and even though the Pac-12 is down, there's much more talent in that conference than what is in the Mountain West. I mean, outside of outside of Nevada, what's the one? What's another guy with NBA talent in the Mountain West? I mean, you got Jalen McDaniel's uh, of San Diego State. Uh, who, who else other than that, though? I mean, it, you know, Nevada kind of holds the the uh, monopoly on talent. In the Mountain West, I mean, New Mexico, they've usually been a pretty good team. I think they've been as high as a three seed before in the tournament. They're not very good this year. UNLV as well, they're not very good this year. I mean, here are the records of the teams currently in the Mountain West. So Nevada, 14-0. Fresno State, 10-3 with that you know, the third loss being picked up last night. New Mexico, 7-6. UNLV, 7-6. Boise State. Eight or six and eight, they got swept by a bad Oregon team. Uh, they they lost, I believe they lost to Oregon at home, and Oregon didn't have bowl ball, didn't have like half their starters. Uh, San Diego State eight and five. Utah. Oh, excuse me, I said Utah State. Uh, Fresno State is is ten and three. So excuse me, and and Nevada has to go there. Utah State ten to four, the fourth loss coming last night. Air Force five and eight. Colorado State five and nine, Wyoming four and ten, San San Jose State three and ten. I mean, you know, they they're going to be favored in just about every single one of those games. I mean, I, you know, I don't see a game in which they won't be favored in. So I mean, you know, at Fresno State, at New Mexico, at San Diego State, and um, at Utah State, those would be the games that I would kind of like. Be, you know, that those are the kind of games I'd maybe. Have an eyebrow raised, like, huh? Maybe, maybe that team could, could give Nevada a shot, or you know, a shot. But I, no, I, I don't think they lose. I don't think they're going to be underdogs in any of those games, and they should be able to win all of them. Doesn't mean they will, but they're clearly better than every team in this conference. So the Nevada Wolfpack, I'd say, are, are very much a, a legit team heading into conference play. Um, and worthy. I mean, they. You know, I. I don't know if they're undefeated. What seed they would be. Um, you know, the bigger conferences always get a, the better benefit of the doubt with that. <clears throat> but if they go into the, the con, or they go into uh, the tournament as a two seed. I mean, what are you complaining about? That's uh, that's pretty good. So, anyway. So Kansas. That was another team I got to watch last night. I watched a little bit of college basketball last night. It was nice. I didn't really get to watch a ton of it. <clears throat> so after losing at Arizona State and losing their top ranking, um, they got Yudoka Azubuki back against Eastern Michigan, and they clocked him 80, 87 to sixty three. But that's not the game I really want to talk about. They played last night against Oklahoma. Oklahoma came in with just one loss uh, to Wisconsin in Atlantis. They they've been one of the major surprises again. Much like Seton Hall, they they lost a ton last year. And, and Trey Young, a top five pick in the NBA draft, I believe top five, if not, and he was sixth. I think he was in the top five, though. Um, losing him to early entry, so it's like, well, that's a lot to replace. Well, Christian James has kind of stepped up and been uh, the leader. Br- 
Brady Manick, the pick-and-pop four-man for the, the Sooners, has been very good as well. Uh, Christian Doolittle has been, uh, you know, giving them quality minutes from the forward spot. So, uh, you know, th- they've been a, a pretty decent surprise. If you told, if you asked me at the beginning, you know, would you have? I mean, I didn't have Oklahoma in my top fifty teams, and there wasn't really a reason to. But Christian James has turned himself into an All Big Twelve caliber player, no doubt. He's a, he's a first he's a first teamer uh, in the Big Twelve, <clears throat> and they took their talents to go uh, square off against the Kansas Jayhawks at the Allen at Allen Fieldhouse, uh, the first conference game of the season for both teams. And Oklahoma got started off really well. I think they were up by like they were up like eight nothing at the beginning, but Kansas uh, came back. You know, Kansas really didn't shoot the ball well. Four from twenty one from three, uh, and only forty one percent from the floor. But neither did Oklahoma. Forty they were forty percent from the floor and twenty two percent from three, five for twenty two. And you know, it Oklahoma I believe they were down by about ten maybe at halftime. And they got a little, they got a little run going. Got to within five, I think. They had a little nine zero run to cut the lead from fourteen to five. And Kansas, you know, they kind of just controlled it from that point on. Um, Quentin Grimes kind of showed up a little bit better in this game. <laughs> He's still struggling a little bit shooting the ball, both from the free throw line and three, one for six from three, one for three from the free throw line. But still, but he had fourteen points. Uh, kind of got going a little bit with some easy. Baskets in the first half. Oklahoma was turning the ball over quite a bit. They finished with 17 turnovers. That was another major reason they lost the game. Uh, they lost uh, 70-63. Um, LeGerald Vick had kind of, has kind of cooled off since that just ridiculous start he had where he was shooting maybe 57% from three. Something crazy like that. But they don't, you know, as much as they would love to have him shooting the ball well, that's not the guy they need to get going in my opinion. He, he'll he be good enough. LeGerald Vick will do fine. Um, but they need Quentin Grimes to, to step up. I've been really impressed with Devin Dotson. He's really tough to stay in front of. Runs the offense well. Had 16 points in this game. That was a, uh, I believe that, yeah, that was a that was a game high. That was tied with Brady Manick of Oklahoma. Uh, th- those two both led their teams in scoring with 16 each. <coughs> Excuse me. Devin Dotson had, he gets to the free throw line. It was 7 for 8 from the line. Good free throw shooter. Five rebounds. Only had an assist, but he had four steals. So he still impacts the, he still impacts the game on defense. Pretty good defensive player. Really quick. Uh, really nice point guard. Nice get for Kansas. N- not maybe who they were, th- their first point guard option. Um, you know, in the 2018 class, I know they were always, they, they they went all in on Quentin Grimes. That was kind of their man of the class, and they were able to to get him to to Lawrence. And Devin Dotson was kind of um. He he was. I feel like the the interest shown in him was sort of um, was was late, but the, the they they were able to sign him in the early period last year. And it's paying dividends. I thought Charlie Moore would have more of an impact. You know, they transferred from Cal because he was terrific his freshman year. And he's really just kind of spelled Dotson. Dotson is the starter. I thought it would have been Charlie Moore, uh, but it's not. They they still, Azubuki only played 23 minutes in this game. Um, he, he still needs to get his ankle right. Had 
eight points, nine rebounds. Um, but I mean, he, that's that's a big uh, that's one of the big you know keys for Canes is getting getting their uh, their big boy healthy. Uh, Dedrick Lawson, thirteen fit and fifteen. I mean, that's just kind of what he does. He just struggles defensively, um, and he doesn't. He's not physically imposing in the post uh, defensively, so you can go at him. You can get him in foul trouble. Uh, he only had two fouls in this game, but still. But he he did end up with three blocks. We protect the rim a little bit, but but uh, um, again, I think it just reinforces the fact they've got to get Quentin Grimes going. That's going to be their key. Uh, if they can't, if Bill Self cannot get the most out of him this year, or the most possible, you know, he's going to keep getting better, obviously, but. For what he can get this year, if can't if if Bill Self can't get out of Grimes, I just I find it hard to believe that they're going to be they're they're going to make a big run because he he is their most talented player. He's their guy. Uh, he's their one and done that, that needs to shine. So uh, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see. But good first win for Kansas for Oklahoma. They competed. Uh, they they just between not shooting well and turning the ball over. Um. And only you know nine assists to, to seventeen turnovers just isn't going to cut it when you go to Allen Fieldhouse. Um, they will have to move on uh, and try to figure out you know how to be better. Uh, they play so up next they got Oklahoma State at home. Oklahoma State I think has a losing record, uh, so they should be able to easily. Um, they're gonna they should be able to. Uh, they should be able to win that game, but then they go to Texas Tech, um, who won last night. Talk a little bit about that. Um, <coughs> the Red Raiders are good. I mean, they are just they are really good. Um, and then home games against TCU, Kansas State, at Texas, at Oklahoma State. A little bit kind of a tough stretch, um, but both TCU. I mean, TCU's been pretty good this year, but Kansas State suffered a really bad home loss. Uh, last night against Texas, you know. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Twelve. I, you know, while we're on it, got about twenty twenty two minutes left in in the podcast, so might as well do it. Kind of breakdowns. We'll talk about them in the Big Ten action, and we'll see what where we are at that point. Let's talk a little bit about the SEC Big Twelve. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, um. Really, kind of a stunning result. Um, te- Texas going into into um, Manhattan and beating the brakes off Kansas State. Kansas State's been a real disappointing team up to this point. You know, it's only their third loss, but they really don't have any quality wins. I know they lost at Marquette. I don't remember their first loss before that, or if that was their first loss. Marquette was their first loss. Well. And then they lost at Tulsa. That was the bad loss. They, you know, just not much of an offensive team. Dean Wade has hurt his foot again. Uh, that was I don't know if it was the same foot that kept him out of the tournament last year. But if it is, I mean that that's reoccurring again. That cannot be a good sign. Uh, but they're just not a very good offensive team. I mean they have nice guys and Barry Brown, Xavier Sneed, uh, Mike McGurl, Cartier uh, Diara. But they are just not very they're just not very good offensively. They can play defense. I mean, you saw that against Kentucky. They're a pretty good 
defensive team, but they don't have an offensive firepower. So a team that most people had in the top 15 heading into the year, a team I, I had fairly high. I know they were in at least the top 20. I don't know if I quite had, had them quite as high as most as the consensus, but I had them fairly high. Uh, they, they're not very good. I mean, it, and when you can't score in this day and age of ba- in college basketball, it's much like Virginia. Um, if you can't score, um, you will get exposed. And you know Texas is a you know they, they're not great but they're they're athletic they got talent they have, they're very talented, um, you know between Matt Coleman, Kerwin Roach I mean Kerwin Roach one of the most athletic guards you've never heard of, uh, Jackson Hayes, um, and of course Jay, <clears throat> Jace Febreze I think that's Febreze F E B R E S Febreze. Huh or for breasts, I don't know. Uh, but regardless, he led Texas in scoring off the bench, coming off the bench, 29 minutes, 23 points. Um, it's a good win for Texas. I mean, I, you know, they had they had the win against Carolina. They kind of struggled since then, um, but a good one for them. I, Iowa State keeps churning out wins. They don't, they don't have a ton of quality wins yet, but got the first win against Oklahoma State. Lindell Wigginton is back healthy. They're, they're really good. Like I said, uh, Texas Tech went into West Virginia and beat them by three points. It was a slugfest. They had to come back. Jared Culver got in foul trouble in the first half, but he came back, hit some tough shots late. Uh, there was a controversial uh, no call on what could have been called a, uh, a charge, I believe, on Culver. Uh, they did not call it, and Texas Tech got out of there with the win. West Virginia, that was a game they probably needed to win. I, I, I find it hard to see them going to the tournament. Now they they don't they have a bunch of bad losses, um, and they don't have a ton of quality wins. <laughs> they um, and you, now they're you know losing home games. Uh, they, they don't have a ton of opportunities. Uh, to against ranked teams left. I mean they'll you know Oklahoma, I, they, they'll play them. They'll I mean Kansas usually comes to town, but man they're wasting opportunities. Um, Bob Huggins looking at a rebuilding year for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten. The Big Ten is not very good at football. Um, <laughs> well, they've had their moments of football. But in basketball, they're really good. Um, they may end up being one of the more underrated uh, or underrated conferences. They could be this year's kind of what the, the ACC has been, what the Big East was back in the day, where they they're really deep. Um, I look today in in the Big Ten at this moment has seven teams in the top twenty five. Seven teams. Um, I would not have guessed that. Now Maryland lost, so they will not be ranked when it comes out um, when the rankings come out next week. But currently, right now, they have eight teams in the top uh, twenty five. Michigan at number two. Michigan State at number eight. I know. Ohio State's uh, in there. They have a bunch of, I mean, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, they're all kind of in that 2025 range. That's still a lot of teams ranked for a conference. I mean, last year that was just laughably bad. Um, they were not good at all. I mean, they, they got Michigan. I think they only had three teams, Michigan, Purdue, and Michigan State. Um, Wisconsin, Penn State, or they had Ohio State too. So they were a four-bid league last year. Um, they weren't very good. But 
this year, a uh, different story. And they have a lot of, you know, Purdue isn't ranked right now. I think they've lost a slew of games, but they're, they're, they're not quite cooked yet. They're not quite done. But Michigan and Michigan State have clearly separated themselves. Uh, Michigan State, since the Louisville game, I watched that game, and I was like, man, Michigan State's not very good. But they, they're actually fairly good. Uh, they're going to be tough, and especially at home to beat. I mean, again, Cassius Winston fouling out of that game did not help them. Matt McQuaid's a pretty good shooter. But, yeah, Cassius Winston kind of leads the charge. Had 13 points, 12 assists, and last, last night's win over Northwestern. They killed him uh, 81-55, total blowout, 26 points. Um, you know, Kenny Goins gives him good minutes off the – or yeah, he gives him good minutes. Nick Ward, a double double machine, can really score the ball uh, from from the low post. You know they get Xavier Tillman off the bench who can shoot the ball. You know big you know big stretch four or five if you if you, if you insist. They're good defensively. They're well coached. Josh uh, Josh Lanford didn't even play in this game. I mean like and and that's their I'd say probably their second or third best player. Um, Cassius Winston maybe their most important player. Nick Ward up there too, and it, you know, those three of the you know the three juniors, you know, those those three guys are terrific, and you know Josh Langford maybe their their most uh, talented player on the team didn't even play, and they still uh, they still took down Northwestern easy easily. Sparty's really good. Uh, they may end up finishing better than they did last year. And last year <laughs> had Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges. It's funny how that stuff kind of. Kind of unravels. Maryland won last night against Nebraska. Big win for them uh, to stay in the tournament. Um, Sorrell Smith had a, I believe, no, who had it? Jalen Smith, excuse me, uh, had a game-winning kind of floater. And he, uh, they have, they have maybe the best front court in the Big Ten with Jalen Smith and Bruno Fernando. I mean, those two guys are just an absolute load. In the paint, uh, Jalen Smith, a top twenty recruit coming out of high school. Bruno Fernando tested the waters, came back. He had eighteen points and seventeen rebounds. I mean, he's just a beast. Uh, very, very large, very large human. Anthony Cowan really good at the point guard. Not quite mellow Trimble good, but he, but he he's really solid. <clears throat> um, yeah, Maryland. Uh, you know, Mark Turgeon. Doing a great job with this team. Uh, they're very much in the 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 tournament um, spectrum. Uh, and I, again, I like Nebraska. I've liked them a lot as a team. You know, j- between James Palmer and Glenn Watson, I, um, Isaac Clo- uh, Copeland, those, those that three, yeah, that three trio. Excuse me, the, those three guys are really really good. Um, so tough loss for them last night, but they're still a really good team. Michigan gets back in action. They haven't really played anyone in a while. Uh, you know their win again with Michigan. You just have to wonder how how long this happens. They're good. I mean, there's no question they're a tournament team, and I think a team that will get a two to three seed. They're very much in play. They're and they're going to be tough to beat Ann Arbor. Very tough. Um, but you look at their best law lo- or their best wins. Carolina at home, that's a good win, but it was a home game. 
And Carolina being kind of the, the youthful team, I, I don't think there was much of a chance they had in that game. You know, the Purdue game. Purdue was ranked when that game was going on, but Purdue, you know, you know, they're currently not ranked. That win doesn't look quite as good now. And, of course, the game at Villanova. Now they crushed them. I mean, it, they crushed them. It wasn't like they won on a buzzer beer. They destroyed them. But that's another team not ranked. And another team that, I mean, they just had, they, they had to scrap and claw for a win against DePaul. Uh, at home. I mean, that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, but they have a win against Providence on neutral court. <clears throat> so it's fair to wonder how much, how good really Michigan is. They're good, but like, are they number two good? They've been clearly for the, this year, Duke, Mar- or Duke, Michigan, and um, Duke, Michigan, Tennessee have been the three best teams this season thus far. There's no question. But how long will it continue? Um, they'll, they may take some, they may take some hits in conference play. Wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> Road games against Iowa. They have to go to Ohio State, I believe. Do they have to go to Ohio State? No, well, maybe not. I thought they would have to go to Ohio State. I would, thought they'd schedule them twice. Uh, I guess they they do not. They have to go to Michigan State though. They have to go to Maryland. Um, they have to go to Wisconsin. Uh, See, so, you know, it, it's somewhat of a. They're gonna they're gonna hit a few speed bumps, but they kind of ease into conference play as well with home game against Penn State tonight. They should be able to take that game easily. Uh, Ignis Bradzigas, the Bradzig, yeah, we're just gonna go with that. Uh, he is a terrific freshman for them, and I think he is the reason, the driving force, uh, behind their success early in the season. Um, because I think, you know, with them, it's all about how much star power do they have. Mo Wagner really showed his pro <clears throat> his pro potential in the tournament last year. They need someone like that to, you know, to show their their talent or and kind of go off. That could be a guy. I mean, those Europeans come over and they're just so well coached. They're, they're so well schooled in the game that they don't – they're just farther along than a lot of the, the, the American guys. Um, so he's been terrific. Charles Matthews had a great year. Jordan Poole is a great spot-up shooter. So we'll have to see with Michigan, but, you know, they start off against Penn State and uh, Indiana at home, two very winnable games. Yeah, their last, since beginning conference play against Purdue, and at Northwestern, you know, South Carolina wins, Western Michigan, that was a win, Air Force, that was a win, and then Binghampton. So they haven't really had a whole lot of tests in a while. So it's it's good to see them kind of get uh, pushed a little bit again as well. So Iowa and Purdue play um, at Purdue. If you're Purdue, you need to win that game. I turned on the Purdue game at the halftime of the Clemson and Notre Dame college football playoff game, and they were playing Belmont. And I was like, well, Belmont's pretty good, so let's see this. And Purdue is up by... 20 something like ah well it's over and then they proceeded uh Purdue proceeded to give up 10 or 12 straight points and it was it was I, I was shocked I was like wow I mean it went the lead went from 23 to 11 real fast so <clears throat> um but yeah so they, they you know outside of Carson Edwards they just don't have a whole lot uh so we'll see what Matt Painter uh can work with there Michigan State goes to Ohio State uh this upcoming Saturday, that's going to be a terrific game. Um, Buckeyes and Spartans in Columbus, Ohio last year. Uh, the Buckeyes won that game. Talk about, let's see, we go to the Big East. Because I want to say a word. 
about Seton Hall. Now, Seton Hall, okay, so they beat, they are the only team to beat St. John's this year, and they shouldn't have won the game. They probably should not have won the game. An inadvertent whistle on right before the game-winning three. I mean, St. John's was about to steal the ball, and it was about to be over. This game was in Seton Hall. Um, and there was an inadvertent whistle, so they had to throw it back in. Quite horrendous. And, and, and just an absolutely awful, awful way to lose a basketball game. Um, but regardless... The Seton Hall Pirates knock off St. John's, and they have won, I think, seven straight, seven straight since losing to Louisville. They haven't lost since that game. And last night, they just took care of Xavier on the road by 10 points. Um, I, I am really, I am on the Seton Hall terrain. They're good. Um, you know, Miles Powell can fill it up. He can, he can get 20-30 each and every night. Uh, they got you know Quincy McKnight, and Miles Kale, both veteran guards that that are good, uh, that are good players. Their bench is a little small. They don't have a ton of good bigs. You know Michael Nezzi, one of their better ones. He had fourteen and ten against St. John's. Um, but my goodness, they uh, <laughs> they are on a roll and. And St. John's is good. They they might be the most talented team in the Big East. If you had to rank the Big East right now, um, your top three is probably Marquette, Seton Hall, and St. John's. I mean, Villanova is not a top three team in the conference. And that is absurd. That is shocking that at this point we're saying that, but it's true. I mean, St. John's is absolutely... They're good, and they should have won this game. So who did they take their anger out? Uh, they took their anger out on Marquette, who hadn't lost in a while. It was their third loss of the season in the first conference game, and St. John's went to town on them, 89-69. to The Johnnies uh, showed out uh, in their home, their home conference opener. Uh, Shamori Pons poured it in for 26 points. Marvin Clark, 22 points. He's been the... Uh, Michigan State transfer has been absolutely terrific for the Johnnies thus far this year. Uh, Marcus Howard, who had been sitting on a heater for uh, quite a bit there, I think uh, combined his second half against Buffalo. Um, was his second half against Buffalo uh, and then against into the next game against Southern. Uh, so three halves of basketball. He had scored uh, 66 points. I mean, he, he was on fire, and Marquette handed Buffalo their first loss of the season back a couple weeks ago. Uh, so an absolutely terrific uh, you know, win for St. John's and to, to, to just shut down Marcus Howard. I mean, he had eight points. I mean, two of 15 uh, shooting from the floor. So it, that the top of the Big East, those three teams, uh, I, you know, right now I think are the best. It, it's, it wouldn't – St. John's and Marquette will probably separate themselves. It wouldn't surprise me if Villanova started figuring it out. Um, but Seton Hall, man, they're they are right there uh, at the moment. Currently two and zero in conference. Uh, they again they go to DePaul. They go they host Butler, and Butler's not very good this year. Uh, Florida beat them by thirty, I think on Saturday, and then they just lost at home to Georgetown. Uh, then they go to Marquette uh, on uh, the twelfth. 
You know, that's not a game Seton Hall win, I don't think. Probably not. But uh, they get a lot of, there's a lot of road games to begin this thing. So they, you know, they hosted St. John's and, and at Xavier, at DePaul, Butler, no. And then at Marquette, at Providence, they get four or five on the road. So if Seton Hall can kind of withstand that, uh, withstand that little stretch, because that's, I mean, that's, uh, isn't that half their conference games or on the road? Something like that. They can withstand that, win a few of those, you know, lose no more than two. They're going to be in some good hands. Seton Hall uh, is in prime position to get to the tournament this year. I'm trying to think if there's anything else there's to talk about. I guess we can talk about some games that will be going on uh, this weekend. Um, nothing, nothing, not so. Michigan, Penn State tonight. North Carolina goes to Miami. That's a good game. Iowa, Purdue, like I mentioned. Um, that's really probably about it for the night. Um, there might be some Pac-12 action. Oh, right before we get off, that reminds me of the Pac-12. So Steve Alford was fired on Monday. So they are now they they now are looking for a new head coach. They they lost to Liberty. Remember that the game? I was like, well, they need to they should they need to get on back on track and win this game. They lost that game. I think that made their losing streak five straight. <clears throat> Four or five straight, one of the two, um, but they they are in complete disarray. Uh, Air, the Pac-12 had the worst December in its history, pa- uh, just loss after loss piling up. <clears throat> Arizona State, the one team you thought was good in the conference, lost to Princeton on a Saturday. I mean, Princeton is not good; they are not good at all. Uh, Duke beat them by fifty, and now I, you know that is Duke. But they beat them by fifty, uh, so so that's a, that's a horrible loss. The Pac-12, I mean, looking like a one bid one bid league. Arizona State, they're still in the tournament right now. That, that didn't knock them out, but that doesn't help anything. Um, Air, UCLA won't make it. <clears throat> I I don't see that happening. Um, I could see, you know, Washington. I think has a chance. They played a lot of close games. They don't have really any bad losses, but. Uh, but they also don't have a ton of quality wins, and the Pac-12 doesn't give an opportunity for that. Oregon, I, I don't know at this point. That, that'll that be interesting. Maybe Arizona sneaks in. <clears throat> they have a win against Iowa State. That'll help. But they, they've they had some bad – I mean, they've had some bad losses too. Um, I think Baylor but has win, has beaten both Arizona and Oregon, and Baylor's not very good this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know the Pac-12 and – is in some deep trouble. I think they hired a some firm, a PR firm or something like that to to try to fix the conference. I I don't know. It, 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 both football and basketball haven't been good, but basketball it's it's been just disastrous. Uh, um but anyway, so that is all <clears throat> for this episode. Um I will, you know, I'll do it again this time around next week. Um a lot of good games this weekend, so sit back in your chair, watch some college basketball. I'm glad I got through this episode without coughing profusely. I'm happy about that. But I thank you all for listening. Have a great, uh, enjoy the new year. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>